Word Radio On Demand, 96.1 FM and 900 AM WURD. Streaming live at wordradio.com. You're listening to The Source with Andrea Lawful Sanders on Word Radio. Streaming live on wordradio.com and the Word Radio app. Dr. Catherine Sharif is the professor and vice chair of the Department of Medicine at Thomas Jefferson University uh, Hospital. She's on. She's been on monthly to talk about different things. We started out with polycystic ovary syndrome. I cannot believe I said that whole thing out without <laughs> bumbling. But we've been talking about what's going on with women's bodies. And today we're going to talk about fibroids and how women should go about navigating them. Good morning, Dr. Sharif. How are you? I am fine. Good morning, Andrea. Thanks for having me on. How are you? I am doing well. Fair to Midland, I would say. Fair to Midland. A few days ago, uh, one of the WRD audience members called and said uh, he knew of a man that was dating a woman. He wanted to have children. They told her she had five boys and he left her. And he so left- I said to not left her. So I said to now, find Dr. Sharif. <laughs> <laughs> Because this man says men sh- he wants men to know more about this thing um, so that they can make a better, a, a more informed decision on, you know, what's happening with their mates. And so let's start with what are fibroids? Fibroids are growths in the uterus and they can be in any location in the uterus. They can be in the muscle layer. They can even be outside the uterus and they can be in the lining of the uterus. Um, so they have different locations and they are almost always benign, not a hundred percent, but almost always benign. Okay. What causes them? Well, we're not sure what causes them. And we, what we don't know is why do African American women have more fibroids at any age compared to other women, um, white women and Hispanic women? Um, so there are lots of theories about what causes fibroids. Um, some people say it's stress. And when you have increased stress in your life and black women have the most stress, um, does the stress increases cortisol, one of the stress hormones? And does that lead to the growth of, uh, fibroids? That, po- that's possible. Um, my, my, uh, the thing that makes most sense to me, I mean, besides stress is, um, estrogen, too much estrogen. Now, the way that you get too much estrogen, uh, there are several different ways. Um, one is just gaining weight. So keep this in mind. When you're, when you have fat cells, those fat cells, the, the way that we've been taught about fat cells is, well, that's where the energy is residing so that if you don't get food, you have something to live off of. However, we know that fat cells are not these benign little storage containers. They are actually organs. And one of the things they do is they produce estrone. Estrone, E-S-T-R-O-N-E, is a type of estrogen. Estrogen is a growth hormone. Estrogen is what makes us develop at puberty. And if you have too much estrone, um, that can help you form fibroids. Um so the more weight you gain, the more estrogen factories you have in your fat cells. And then uh, that might be why when women are heavier, they're prone to more fibroids and larger fibroids. Now, another uh, possibility that increases estrogen is pollutants. So you may have heard of the PFAS chemicals, PFAS. 
P-O-L-Y-F-L-O-R-A-S. That stands for polyfluoroalkylating substances. And we know that people who live in poor neighborhoods, industrial neighborhoods, have more exposure, exposure to PFAS. PFAS chemicals are called the forever chemicals. And in some ways, they resemble estrogen. And it's possible that they are responsible for the growth of so many types of cancers. I read an article yesterday that said PFAS is not only in like plastic bottles, water bottles, or in our furniture, or any plastic that you touch, come in contact with. Like, for example, the receipts. When we get a receipt from the store, that receipt is not paper. It's impregnated with PFAS chemicals. Um, so this article yesterday said tea bags, the, the, the thing around the tea, tea bags are actually pull, full of PFAS chemicals, right? You think you're doing a good thing. Excuse, excuse me, but what the hell? What, what the, the hell? hell? They are not going anywhere, these PFAS chemicals. The company that started making them is 3M that made those little yellow stickies. And um, we can't get rid of them. They are everywhere in the, in the environment. And um, there's a very strong correlation with cancer, very strong correlation for the people who uh, live near um, areas where these chemicals were made. But unfortunately, they're everywhere in the environment now. All of us have PFAS in our bodies. Um, doctors don't routinely test for it. Many doctors have never heard of PFAS. So that's another thing. Um, and then another uh, another source of estrogen or um, cancer-promoting chemicals. Another uh, uh, theory that comes up again and again is hair relaxers. And it's possible they do have some estrogen-type compounds in there. But you know what? I'm not putting this on black women. I'm not putting this back on black women. It's like your fault because you used hair straighteners because you want to, you live in a society that wants you to have straight hair. And if you don't have straight hair, you're not going to advance. Now that's not as true now as it was a while ago. Um, but I know that uh, black women have been held back, uh, by having more natural hair. And so anyway, I'm not going with hair relaxants, even though they, they may play a role. It's also possible that it's genetics, but then genetics is tricky because who in the United States who has uh, is of African descent does not also have uh, a gene infusion uh, from the Irish, Scottish, English population, thanks to the generous donation of DNA uh, by people. So uh, a genetics, okay, whatever, but... Um, one of my favorite theories is that there's a lack of vitamin D and vitamin D is not, is it's like a super vitamin. It's actually a hormone, not a vitamin. And uh, in addition to being a vitamin, so it regulates growth. So what are, what are fibroids? Fibroids are tumor, tumors that are usually benign and they have uncontrolled growth. Prostate, uh, tumors, uncontrolled growth, breast. If you don't have enough vitamin D, you may have uncontrolled growth, right? Growth is good, but uncontrolled growth is like cancer or tumors, uh, benign or malignant. 
And who has the lowest vitamin D levels of all? Black people, people. who cover up entirely or people with dark skin. Yeah. And you can draw a graph. The, high, the lightest skin has the highest vitamin D all the way down to medium, kind of where I am, then darker, 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 lowest vitamin D of all. We can't get it from food. I suspect that uh, vitamin D plays a huge role um, in the growth of fibroid tumors. Mm, unbelievable. Okay. I always love talking to you because you give it to us in a way that we can absorb it. Now, the fact that women have fibroids, does that mean they cannot give birth to children? Because I had two fibroids in my uterus while I was pregnant with my children, both times. So, so let's, 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 talk, let's about talk about that. that. Okay. Uh, can you hear me okay? Yes. But yes, I'm but I'm hearing that. Okay, I'm so sorry. I'm going to turn the volume down. Thank you. I'm having trouble hearing you. Um, can you ask the question? So, is there is is it? Are you able to have children while still having fibroids? And I said I had two while I was pregnant with both my sons. There was a fibroid right in there floating around while I was still pregnant, and my children are 32 and whatever. They're getting older now. Um, it, can you still get pregnant while you have fibroids? Absolutely. I mean, they can interfere with pregnancy. Like say there's a, there's an embryo that can't implant because there's too much fibroid in there. Or, um, you, uh, you get pregnant. There's plenty of room and you coexist with the fibroid, but then it can cause problems later on. For, for example, you could have, um, your child could be born prematurely because there's no room there, or there might be abnormal bleeding or the placenta is affected. So it causes complications. And this is why I love talking to you because uh, my youngest child, low birth weight, he was three pounds, six, six ounces, something crazy, three pounds, 14 ounces. And he was born eight weeks early, but they knew that was going to happen because they saw the fibroids there and it began impacting my placenta. Um, I mean, he's a gorgeous 27 year old now. So you, I mean, we can, we can do right. Say that again, Dr. Catherine. Looks anything like you. I'm sure he's gorgeous. <laughs> Oh, thank you. And so for the men who are out here saying that the women, uh, they're leaving their their women because they have fibroids and they're having difficulty getting pregnant. What can a woman do if she's having difficulty getting pregnant and she has fibroids? What she can do is choose her men better. Who the hell are these men? <laughs> well, Dr. Sharif, you said it, not me. <laughs> Yeah, that, that's the first step. What's the second step? <laughs> is plenty of women have children who have fibroids, but if, you know, 50, 60, 70% of uh, black women have fibroids, um, they're, they're still having plenty of children. Um, so the question is, how big are the fibroids and are they the source of difficulty getting pregnant? And so you need to have an ultrasound and find out what about the size? Do I, do they need to go before I can get pregnant? Are they there, but not very interesting? Yeah, 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 yeah. I have friends who had fibroids and had difficulty getting pregnant. There's specialists out here that actually work with women who have difficulty. And, you know, people are getting pregnant at 44, 47, 48 uh, because they, they were told they couldn't. I also am hearing from young women who are in their 20s, 23, 24, who are being told to have hysterectomies. Let's talk about that, please. Let's address that. <laughs> 
Yes. Well, women, black women are more likely to have hysterectomies and then that there's no children after that for sure. And there's, I think there's a couple of reasons for it. Um, one is if your fibroids are larger and if you have more fibroids and if you have more bleeding, uh, you have more complications, then it's much harder to remove the fibroids individually. And you, um, uh, so that will, that may lead to a hysterectomy. On the other hand, that doesn't mean that racism doesn't play a role. Like, let's just do the quick and dirty thing. Like, you, you tell yourself, what would this doctor do for his or her sister, mother, friend, um, versus what would they do for a black woman? Um, so it's complicated and it's so, Sometimes it's difficult to tease out what is racism and this is racism that a doctor may be completely unaware of, right? Like most people think they're good people and that they're not doing the wrong thing. Um, or is it that the fact that the women, the woman, um, didn't have insurance and things got worse and things got complicated or she's really, really heavy and it's much harder to do certain kinds of surgery and the hysterectomy might be the safest thing to do. Very difficult to decide. Yeah. And what advice do you have for men? How can they support their women in the middle of all of this? Because it's a very emotional journey that often women go on and they want to have babies and they're going through this. Uh, well-known activist Angela Rye was at a conference this past weekend with us here in Philadelphia. She says, I'm 44 and I want to have a child. And uh, three of my babies just didn't come. She got pregnant and lost all three babies. And I was so proud of her for, you know, even bringing that. To, she says, I know I'm telling a whole lot, but we need to be more authentic in telling our stories. And so now her and her partner are doing in vitro. So she was flying out to Las Vegas to get her her egg with his sperm so they could try. She said, I, des I deserve to be a mother and I want to be a mother. Right. And so there are there are there are ways to do this. So what advice do you have for men, their partners, as women are going through this? Men need to ask women, what do you need from me? Okay. They need to ask them, uh, no mind reading. Okay. That's unhealthy. Um, and no blame, no shame. Just what do you need from me to support you? You know, and it's not just the fertility issues. It's the heavy bleeding, bleeding crazy to the point where you need diapers or like crazy pads, uh, pain. Uh, you could just have pain just by having this big lump sitting in your uterus, in your lower pelvis. You have pain during intercourse. And I don't mean like when the penis is outside the vagina. And sometimes that hurts because, you know, it might be a little tight in that area. But I may mean pain with deep intercourse. And then you're hitting up against this big object. And that can be very painful, yeah. right? Or you have to pee all the time because you've got this big mass plopped onto your, your bladder. Your bladder. Mm -hmm. All also, right. Well, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Ask women what they want and yeah. what they want. You know, I, I so enjoy you. I really do. And you're one of the doctors that I, I believe absolutely get it because you listen. Um, you, 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 you probe and you ask the questions for our health and our well-being. And I'm grateful. I'm grateful uh, that you were sent my way. Um, and I'm looking at her face. Oh, God. Oh, Jesus. Uh, she has polycystic ovary syndrome, and she told me to come to you. She used to work for WRDH. I see her, but I can't remember her name. 
right oh, she, now. Say that again. She's lovely. I yes. can't remember her name, her name either. Right. Well, she sent you my way. So I'll be forever grateful to her. And then you became my internist because you understood and began having the conversations that I need to have. I, I really want us when we are talking about our health and well-being to choose our doctors carefully. Right. Probe the same way they're probing with you. I need you to probe with them. I asked Dr. Sharif everything under the sun. I was like, this is what's going on. Check out any of my armpits. I need you to ask <laughs> you. <laughs> it was so funny. But she didn't ridicule me. She was like, all right, all right, we can do this, 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 this. And I'm relatively healthy for someone of my age. I really see her nodding. She's telling the, I'm telling the truth. But, but it's because I ask all the right questions because I have one heart, two kidneys, one liver and I don't get a do over, right? You know, we, 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 tend, we forget to tell people that even if you are able to get a transplant, it's just not the same as the original thing that came in your body. So as much as we can hold on to the things that we have, I love her too, Radine. I love her too. Radine Scott says she loves you. You got to call her. <laughs> she, 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 yeah. It is important. You know, I'm sitting with a bunch of doctors for my husband and I keep saying to them, explain to us in great detail, what is it that you want to do? And I don't, some of them look so stunned and I'm like, yo, yo, I'm sitting over here. I'm asking you the questions, right? I got one husband, not trying to do a, have a do over, not doing that. So let's just kind of have the conversation. And they've, they've learned to respect when they, when they call my husband's name and I get up and I'm walking into the, <laughs> nobody questions it. I wish somebody would. Right. But, you know, we have to really speak up on our on our on our own and get people to understand. And to your point, Dr. Sharif, the implicit and ex the, 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 the soft biases are there. There's these assumptions that we are not or we could not or we shouldn't be. And so I'm eternally grateful to you for being back on to talk about fibroids. I'm hoping that the men who are listening, um, you know, or the partners who are listening, uh, find themselves to be in a more empathetic place, uh, with these women because not only are they dealing with the heavy bleeding and the pain and the not being able to have children, the mental toll that it takes on them is something that's incalculate, incalculable and we don't talk about it enough. Right. Um, and so there has to be some kind of energy given towards us to say, I don't fully understand what you're going through, um, but I'm here to support you. Thank you so much, Dr. Sharif. Always, always a pleasure. I'm going to call you later. OK. Right. Thank you for the time. You're welcome, my sister. You're so well. And yes, she's my sister now. <laughs> See you later. Bye bye. You've been listening to Word Radio On Demand. Listen live at 96.1 FM, 900 AM, and online at wordradio.com.